I'm excited about it. I'm excited about it. Uh, I have my phone up here. It's not because I'm returning texts or anything. And because on these days, you get a lot of happy photos, you know, from a lot of guys. But I got my timer up here because I want to make sure I stay on time. And I'm not going to tell you how much time that is. It's not like we got a game or anything coming. <laughs> uh, Asia had uh, that, that whole thing about sitting down. It reminded me I was uh, performing a, a wedding ceremony. And, um, you know, they had give, you know, the who gives his daughter bride away and the dad comes up, I do, and they do all that and great. And I just went right into the ceremony. Thank you for being here, this and this and that and this and that. And tour was on the side. And then, and then finally the mother of the bride goes, can we sit down? Said, yes, you can, I'm sorry. <laughs> so um, I'm, I'm so honored to be here. I am, um, my, I, it's on Father's Day, I just can't help but think about the story. Uh, last night I was hanging out with some folks, with many folks in Asia asked me, because she just didn't know much about my past or my family. She says, uh, uh, um, oh, is your parents still alive? Is what she asked me. <laughs> and so she just wanted to know, and I couldn't help but tell one of my favorite stories about my dad. Now, this, I, my dad and I, we, I love my parents, okay? You're gonna hear stories about my parents because that was a big part of me coming to Christ, that there was a bitterness that I had. And um, so this story is meant to be more funny than like, man, dang, you call your dad out. But, so it's, but it's a wonderful story. My, we go back and forth. We talk about it all the time when we get together and to mess with him and all this. But I was born out of wedlock. My parents were not married, but they just recently got married at 70 and 66, like a month, two months ago. So big up to He finally popped the question. So. <laughs> <laughs> so um, my mother was needing some help with su child support. Basically, she was bringing them to court to get child support. And they got into the court, and there's my older half-sister, and then it's my, myself and my younger brother and sister are twins that are, have the same mom and dad. And so um, he's denying those are not my kids, A, B, and C. And the, the uh, judge said, well, Mr. Brinson, we're going to have to charge you 600 bucks per kid to get a DNA test to see if these are kids or not. And he goes, okay, judge, those are my kids. <laughs> <laughs> and so he, he sometimes, when we first would bring that up and tell that story, you know, he was embarrassed about it. But when I think about who the father God is, you know, the immediate rejection that I sense when my mama actually told us that story, but just thinking, yeah, judge, those are my kids. What brought him to, in a sense, repentance was the pressure. Like, you know what, I, I could save $800 or I could pay this $800 and be told what I already know. And sometimes just, well, the first thing I want to say is just, man, as the Father God has did whatever he's done in my heart for the forgiveness and overcoming all that, man, it's just been great to have my dad be 70 and not knowing his dad, you know, because uh, his dad died early and then the other dad he had left him early and just knowing what the Father God has done in my life to keep our relationship together is just, it's, it's amazing. And and so, um, it's, so I, I wanted to share that because I, I love sharing that story. I think it's funny. I'm named after my dad, but I look like my mom, okay? Um, and I like to tell people that just in honor of both of them. Um, I, uh, moving into just kind of, I want to, first what I want to do is kind of transition to kind of, some of you don't know exactly who I am, but just kind of give you a little background story, then into the message, and then, you know, we'll end, you know, somewhere around one o'clock if you guys have plans. No, it'll, it'll be sooner than that. Um, but I ended up walking on and playing football at KU. Why at KU? I got invited to something called, a, I'm from inner city Houston, and had an opportunity to walk on and play at KU, and um, someone came up to me 
at a quote unquote CTG meeting and said, look, your identity is in sports, but God wants to give you an identity that no one can give or take away from you. And that is really what I wanted. And that sent me on this pathway for discipleship and growth and transformation. And you'll hear about that over, over the time that I'm here. But in the midst of that, I met wonderful people like Jonathan Hub and, and uh, Jonathan and Reagan, right? Had such an issue pronouncing Hub that Reagan came up to me and goes, Jesse, 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 no, no, it's Hub. And I was like, Hub, that's what, yeah, I'm saying that. <laughs> and I didn't, re- I didn't realize I was saying, she's no, 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 Hub. And I was like, Hub, that's what I'm saying. That's, you know, so <laughs> I think I'm getting better at that. But in the midst of that, they've been uh, integral in my growth and my, my wife's growth and many people's growth, as you already know. Uh, went from there into youth ministry, my wife and I, 12 years doing youth ministry, a small church plant opportunity, community outreach, went down to Fort Scott, and we were performing, uh, doing life coach with the football team at Fort Scott Community College. And um, it was going great in a sense that, man, we were changing these young men's lives, people from uh, um, Southeast United States, Florida, Alabama, Tennessee, all these areas, right? And if you know anything about JUCO sports, the Jayhawk Conference is what Fort Scott and Butler and all these con- schools are in. They're kind of the SEC uh, of football when it comes to JUCO. They have a, I mean, uh, two, two seasons ago, we played Garden City, and their whole defensive line was heading to SEC schools, Auburn, Alabama, stuff like that. So, but we were sharing with these guys the gospel and letting them know, hey, here, here's what God really wants from your life. Well, they canceled that team. And so Tori and I began, they counseled that team, which is our main focus. And, they, and so uh, we began praying where we're gonna be. And then this is where God led us. And so we're happy to be here. Um, transitioning into last week, um, you know, Pastor Hub did a great job just sharing what is the elect and what was going on at that time. And, um, and just what, what God was calling them to, right? Was asking of them, you know, and putting their hope in Jesus as they were, um, got the word, but they were pushed aside, right? The exiles, right? So now what I want to do is begin to bring us into this as you're living in the exile, right? And not necessarily that we are separated from a community. We all are in our different jobs and things like that. But how do we, to the same principles he was teaching them are the same principles that are available in, in how we should live today, yeah. right? As the elect, as the chosen people of God. All right, and this is how it's gonna look a little bit, all right? The first couple points I make are gonna be kind of heavy. I'm gonna hang on them a little bit, right? It's like, man, that's a lot, or you're gonna, it's gonna feel like a lot, at least to me it does. But the last couple are just gonna be like, boom, boom, all right? And so as we transition to that, be ready. So what we're gonna do now um, is we're gonna just read the scripture together, all right? And take an opportunity to read that. And if you aren't reading what we're going, we're going through Peter throughout the summer. All right, you're going you're gonna to be missing out on a ton, right? Just simply sitting in the word and letting it permeate. Because what I believe is that if you sit at home and you're reading through Peter, as you come to this corporate meeting, God is going to illuminate something else for you and, and give you a little bit more insight on something that you've probably already been uh, thinking about. Um, before I go into that, I just want to say this is my lovely wife, Tori, our uh, oldest knucklehead, I mean, lovely son, Zeb. And then Ayana and Izzy in the back. But let's read the scripture together. Uh, we're going to read this out loud together. So especially in this, this, this uh, small atmosphere that we have, this small gathering. So um, in verse 13 it says, Therefore, preach in your minds for action. Every, together, we're, gonna, we're all going to read yeah, out loud. 
Be, be sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as he who called us is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since as it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. We're going to keep going. Yeah. And if you call on him as father who judges him according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile, knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers. Not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb, without blemish or spot. He was foreknown who was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead in glory. Says your faith and hope are in God. Since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God, having purified your soul by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. For like grass, and all his glory like the flower of the grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. Amen. And the church said, Amen. Good job, folks. Thank you. The theme for this is the elect operate in holiness as God is holy. The elect operate in holiness as God is holy. And the first part I want to answer is, okay, why, uh, um, is how do we operate like that? How do we operate like that? And I believe it tells us that in verse 13, verse 13 and 14. And the first thing I want to point out is preparing your mind for actions, preparing your mind for actions. And this is one of those parts that are going to have a heavy point to it. And I, I enjoyed this so much as I began to look at what are they actually telling us and when they say prepare your mind for actions, all right? And so on this next picture you'll see, this is how you guard up your loins. And so as you, if you could, I know this picture's kind of blurry, but it's the best one I could find. Back in the day, you know, these guys would wear these almost like robes or dresses type things with a belt around it. And so what they would do is they would push the, the dress through or the gown, whatever, take the extra slack, pull it around, wrap it up, and then they would get ready for their battle. And so how that looks for us today is, uh, growing up in inner city Houston, I saw a lot of violence. And so what we would do is go like this, what's up, what's up then? Let's go, Let's, what's up, you know? And so they would pull their pants up, and you've seen guys who, you know, they roll, okay, okay. Or if they're, the ladies, oh, okay, we got a problem. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on one second, you know? And that's what they're literally saying for us to do in our minds. Prepare your minds, because there's a battle. And, and if I could tell you this with any emphasis and passion or plea with you, you, we all know it's not against flesh and blood. It's the spirits and principalities. And that's why they say guard, it says prepare your mind. 
So you literally have to be engaging your mind and like, okay, what am I gonna see? What is gonna go on that I need to prepare? Because that's what you're gonna do. That's what you're gonna, that's how you're gonna operate uh, in trying to defeat whatever that enemy is. So it's talked about guarding your lines, preparing to, um, uh, to engage in the action that is coming, whether you want it or not. The second part of that is being sober-minded, all right? And when we hear that sober, we know, we know that to be, you know, not drunk, all right? It says, be sober-minded. <clears throat> Let me... Be, be sober-minded and set your hope fully on the grace, all right? So what it's actually telling us to do is to not, you know, not be drunken, obviously, right? There's, there's the, the gauge of tipsy to complete, I can't even stand up. But there's, it, it's, it didn't just say that, it said be sober, which means to be in your mind controlled, right? Knowing your actions. And never am I more in a stupor or unsober than when I come home from work. All right, when I come home from a long day and Tori's asking me different questions, hey, what do you think we should do today? Whatever, what do you think? Whatever, you know, when really she's asking me to engage in this, these decisions we need to have, all right? And so the sober, the word sober comes from this Greek word, nafo, okay? And it means uh, to be sober, to be calm and collected in spirit. But the one I like the most, where it says uh, circumspect, right? Circumspect is watchful and discreet, cautious and prudent. And yesterday I'm at the Juneteenth event that's near the water park. And um, typically what happens is I'll go somewhere and I'll start, and, and I like food. I mean, I'm sure some of you all like food. And I'm, I'm eating and I'm enjoying it and the festivities. But food becomes a distraction for me. So the Swans truck is there and they're handing out free ice cream. So I pass that thing up three times. They're like, you sure you don't want one? I'm like, no, I'm good. You sure? No, I'm good, good. So we pass it up three times, we're having fun. Zeb got six to twenty-two dollars in the cash drop. Make sure you tied. You know the girl, the other kids got all this stuff right. And at that moment, at, at, there came a moment where it's like, all right, we're all ready to go. We're there three hours. Let's let's roll out. And so I dropped my guard, and I'm leaving. And ha if you know this young lady, you know what happened. I'm heading to the car, and Ayana goes that way. She goes over to the Black Lives Matter um, uh, Manhattan tent. Not a problem. I follow her, hey, what are we doing? We're supposed to be leaving. And as I'm dialoguing back and forth with this lady, she's making certain comments, right? And I, I brought up the food thing because I had an ice cream sandwich in my hand. <laughs> so I'm eating and she's talking and I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Ayana, you got all your information, let's go. And she made this comment about um, reproductive rights. And I'm like, what is she, she said something, I don't actually remember what she said, but it's like, what is she, what is she trying to say? And, and, my point in telling you the story is I, I just, I was not engaged. I, be, I, I was not sober-minded. I was not ready for the battle, which I really think at that moment why I was there. I was not ready for, to engage in a discussion to help her see truth on that matter. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, guys, let's go. And, and then we end up leaving. I say that, guys, because we gotta stay squared up. We gotta stay squared up, because my point, my, I, and I, the person, let me say this, the person who typically, Tori and I are gonna be speaking in a couple of weeks um, on just, um, later in Peter it talks about the husband and the wife and in, in that role. And this is not a statement that is dishonoring to the wife. 
what I'm what I want to say what I'm saying is though the husband typically is that person who is setting the temperature for the family right he's temperature the thermostat right and so if 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 a, if a husband is not coming in with the mindset that I'm going to make sure our family is moving towards faith a lot of times that ship begins to go the other way all right um if you think about abortion right most women right a lot of women dictate the decision to a male figure, whether it be the father of the child or even their father. And most decide to have an abortion because the father or some, a male figure in their life did not pull them back, uh, did not direct them on like, hey, keeping the baby. Okay, I'm not, I know a lot of people wanna think, man, don't get political, don't get political. But no, actually our goal is to be involved in those areas. And I say that to show you the emphasis of how impactful a father and a male figure is in life. So, um, uh, but we have to be sober-minded. As we continue to think about how do we be holy as the elect to the, um, how do we be holy as the elect? The other part of that statement is in, four, in chapter 14, I'm sorry, in verse 14, as obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former, former ignorance. And how do we be, Obedient children, we, we read that in verses 24 and 25, according to the word of God, right? Obedient children knows their father's, their parents' voice, right? I, uh, anyone remember Sega Saturn? Anyone old enough to know what a Sega, Sega Saturn is? All right, all right. So I would get up at night, in the middle of the night, and I would be playing a Sega Saturn when I wasn't supposed to. And our bedroom, my brother and I's bedroom, was connected to the restroom, the one restroom in this apartment we grew up in. And um, by the, the sound that the person would make in the bathroom, I could tell who it was, <laughs> right? So typically, and I, I have this down to a size, when my mother would come in, you would hear a slide of a foot, and then no more, and then you would hear, <laughs> she always did that. And from that, I could tell it was her, so I would hurry up, hit the TV, and then hop in bed, right? because I knew her sound, I knew who she was, all right? And if we're gonna be obedient children, just like it says in the great commandment, teaching them to obey all I have commanded, we have to know what those commandments are um, as obedient children, which is gonna deliver us from our old, from our ignorant ways of life, what we don't know, all right? Um, moving on. <clears throat> So how, so now kind of the what and the why, you know, what is holiness? What is holiness? In verse 15 it says, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, since it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. One of the going jokes when I was growing up, when some, see now it's, it's, it's cool to wear holes in your jeans. I don't have any today, but you know, you know, you see people who have holes in their jeans. Well, when I was growing up, you shouldn't have holes in your jeans or your shirt or anything. So the going joke was, if you saw somebody with holes in their, their clothes, you go, um, man, God says to be holy, but not that holy. All right, and then to make fun of people. So, hey, that was funny at the time. You guys, look, <laughs> we're not gonna be insecure. Okay, look, look, but it was, it was, it was uh, that was just funny. But God has called us to be holy. And a lot of times we kind of adapt that holiness to, mor to, to morals. Okay, and we're gonna uh, go ahead and go to the next slide. Keep going, my friend. Um, let me first define this first. Holy is being utterly unique. Holy is a biblical word that means unique and set apart. All right, 
uh, keep, keep going. We're going to skip that one. All right. And I really go back. And I really want to hit on this part as our time is coming close here. It says, morals are based on culture. Culture can be changed. Morals are based, morals are, are based on the values of the culture. That's why they can be changed. All right. Um, uh, there, was a, there was a time where, um, just understand that part for a second. Or nah, I don't want to go into illustration. Holy, holy is based on God. It never changes. Holiness is based on the values of God. And I want to just, what I'm wanting to do is, is to separate this idea that morals and holiness is the same. It's not. Morals can always mirror holiness. Holiness can't always mirror morals. Okay? And, and there, there was a, um, how do I, how do I want to say this? I'm just going to leave it there because I don't feel like I have a, a good illustration that I think I might distort it more. So I'm just I'm just leave it with that, okay? You know, I, I don't want to cloud this by any way, but just looking to know that holiness is not the same as morals, right? It's this unique thing. Uh, the Bible Project uses the sun as an illustration, right? It's this unique thing. And with holiness and with God, the closer you get to it, the more you see his true nature and his holiness, Right? Just like the sun, the closer you get to it, you're going to feel how radiant it is and how, how much it burns. But here's the thing that he does for us like he did for um, Isaiah in this next verse. Uh, he cleanses us of our sins, which keeps us from entering his holiness. And in that, he makes us holy. That last verse says, behold, he, this, this has touched, it's talking about a, um, a burning coal, one of the Seraphims brought it towards Isaiah because he knew it shouldn't be in this place of holiness. And he says, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sins atoned for. All right? And that's, that's, that, that holiness is what God is bringing us into, this uniqueness. And that's why it looks a lot different. When you begin to make decisions based on Christ and what he has called you to do, it looks a lot different than what the world says. It looks a lot different than what your neighbors might be doing, or your friends, friends might be doing. <clears throat> uh, continuing forward, all right, slide, uh, or I'm sorry, um, verse 17. And if you call on him, and, and this is where we're going to begin to just kind of look over some things and not dive as deep. But I'm going to read both of these verses for us. And if you call on him as father who judges impartially according to each one deeds, that, you know, it almost makes you think, Faith by works? Or what is he saying? Conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile, knowing that you were ransomed for the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold. All right, stopping right there. You know, it says, conduct yourselves with fear. And this really is a fear of understanding that my greatest works are, are like filthy rags. All right? So even, in, but in the midst of that, God cleanses me of my sin and allows me to be able to do something that that he works for his good yeah. right and so knowing you know not getting you know um a mom when we would be acting up in the store or something she'd say don't get beside yourself now right it's 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 reminding us hey look there's a way you should be acting there's a way you should be operating there's something that should be coming out of your life that though it isn't as perfect as you know as our god god can still use it um and so understanding that uh, and then moving forward, verse 19, but with the 
precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot, he was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was manifested to you, uh, manifested in these last times for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God. And, and as I was reading this, it's like, okay, I'm getting this, I'm getting this. And then he just kind of layers it on and on and on. It's like extra icing on the cake, but it's too much icing. He began to kind of just, all right, Peter, what are, you, what are you saying? So what I did was I just underlined but was manifested to you. Uh, Bo and I are getting our degrees, our master degrees in YouTube Academy as we try to finish our, finish our basement. And Bo had this idea, I'm sharing Bo's story, but uh, like, man, I'm going to finish my basement, right? And that, that idea, you're right, this, that idea represents Jesus being created before time. But it says was manifested to you. And so in this, as he's working through that project, it's being manifested, this idea that he has. The more and more we come and realize who Jesus is, operating in his holiness, we see him manifested more and more to us. <clears throat> uh, verse 21, who through him are believers in God who raised them from the dead and gave them glory so that your faith and hope are in God. Last uh, part of that verse. Uh, uh, the verse of scripture we read purify your souls through the word of God having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for sincere brotherly love love one another earnestly from a pure heart um, and then it obviously goes it talks about the word of God uh, not passing away everything else will pass away but the word of God will not in, in that last verse 24 and 25 I would like to think that everyone in here understands that look if you're not living your life built on the word of god that you you are you're, you're eventually gonna fall and crumble right but i know that's maybe not true so i want to remind us anything you're seeking to do anything you're hoping for anything that you feel jesus calling you to if it's not based on the word of god and in here it's talking about living in a in a brotherly love and, and operating in a certain love if that's not based out of god if it's not based out of his word, you're going to miss the target. And we see today the different agendas and different ideas of what love is and, and distorting the, the, the phrase love thy neighbor. Many of it is, is based in ideologies that have a small sprinkle of truth and it's not the full truth. And so I end with that. You know, make sure you're, you're, you're basing everything you're, you're operating out of that it's out of the word of God. <clears throat> So with that being said, I'm going to close in prayer. Um, God, just thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you, Lord. I first thank you, Lord, for you being the example of the heavenly father that we all need. Lord, the love and on, on this Father's Day, Lord, that we can be reminded of that. And that, Lord, um, I just sense that I know that some folks might have have matched their father against you, Lord, in the sense of this is where my father failed. Um, Lord, that there would be forgiveness. Lord, that if there's any root of bitterness, it'd be uprooted, Lord. And the seed of your love and how you have taken care of us through all our years resonates. And with that, Lord, that we would sense that if we're going to operate as you, Lord, we must operate in holiness. We must be holy as you have called us to be holy. Well, I thank you, and, I, and we praise you, Lord. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, you want to come up, my friend? Wanna, oh, Asia, come on up then. I didn't know who was coming up there.